it seems that this is how life works for us most of the time, that tender holding of heartbreak and the promise of so much that is in bud. And so we hold that today, all of us here, the noises of young ones, of children in this space, the promise of lives that are unfolding, just as we hold that cloud of witnesses that is present this morning. We remember the work, the legacy, the foundation they have laid that we are building on, and that is really, in a simple sentence, what today is about, and more than anything, what church is about. It's about recognizing those who have gone before that cloud of witnesses and feeling their lives, their call on our own lives. So I want to start this morning by asking you all a question. I'm wondering how many of you have heard of the stonecutters here at church? Do some of you know who the stonecutters are? Yeah, all right, a good chunk of you. Those of you that don't know, the stonecutters are this group of church members that meet regularly to do uh, monthly builds with Habitat for Humanity. And they didn't just name themselves the stonecutters out of thin air. That name came out of the life of this church. In fact, this image of a stonecutter, it's one of the images that animates much of my ministry. I think it animates much of what we do here as a faith community. Similar, it's similar to that image of the ocean that we talk about, that image that captures something essential about what it means to be in religious community. And so today, as we take in the loss of Pam Vincent, one that so many of us held dear, we are resting in that ocean of care and comfort, that connection we have with one another. The other image I carry is this image of the stonecutters. A number of years ago, Early on in my ministry, I told a parable, a story about these three stonecutters from long ago and how these stonecutters were working in a stone quarry and someone, as the story goes, walks by the stone quarry and sees these, these stonecutters working and says, what are you doing? What are you doing there? And the first stonecutter throws down his tools and replies with frustration, what does it look like I'm doing? I'm cutting stone into block. I cut stone today, I cut stone yesterday, I will cut stone tomorrow, I will probably do this until I die, he says. And then the second stonecutter, when asked, what are you doing? He replies in a somewhat different way, saying, I'm cutting stones into blocks, I'm earning a living for my family. And then the third stonecutter, when asked, what are you doing? responds with joy and pride in his voice, and he answers, I am helping to build a great cathedral made strong by these stones that will stand as a holy lighthouse for a thousand years. That's what I'm doing. All three stonecutters are doing the exact same task, cutting stones, and yet their experience and understanding is quite different. It's only the last stonecutter who sees his work in this much larger story and recognizes how his efforts will outlive his life. So after hearing this story a number of years ago, a few congregants who were involved with Habitat for Humanity decided to name themselves the stonecutters. They actually had a metal sign that was made up that said the first universalist stonecutters and they would plunk that in front of the Habitat home that they were working on. You see what's happening here. 
This group of Habitat volunteers from church, after hearing this story, realized that they weren't just pounding nails or schlepping stuff around at a Habitat site. They were helping to build a home, a place of stability where children could put down roots. They were helping to build a community. They were, in many cases, helping to restore a neighborhood. This story about the stonecutters has been with me all week as I think about all of us here, those living, those now gone, who have built the foundation that we are about to build on as we move toward our 157th annual meeting. The stonecutter story has been with me all week because I know that sometimes in the midst of our life, it's easy to lose track of that North Star, easy to lose track of what it is we are building. We cannot always see the whole picture by ourselves. We have to have one another. So let me just share with you briefly what we're building and why this church and this meeting matter. We're building a faith community with innovative and powerful programming for children and youth and adults, programming that is offered nowhere else in our lives that helps us do the spiritual work of staying open-hearted and grounded in tumultuous times. We are building a church that welcomes in the hurting, the depressed, the joy-filled, the grateful heart, the confused, and the hopeless. And friends, that is all of us at one time or another. We are building a church grounded in racial justice principles that helps us to find hope and love, forgiveness, encouragement, and purpose. We are building a church designed to help welcome people, to see and welcome and affirm the light in their heart that calls us to act for justice in the world, that invites us to listen deeply to where love is moving in our hearts. We are building a church we are building a church where we know that what matters most is the love we receive and the love we give away. The rest is just commentary. That is what we are building, and we don't do it perfectly. We're not a perfect church. We're not. The goal is not perfection anyway. The goal is deep relationships and connections among imperfect human beings. The goal is a church that helps us grow into love's people that is a lighthouse for the human spirit. That's what guides us. And so when we get lost in the weeds, when we can only see the tree and not the forest, when we want to give up in frustration, we can remember that larger purpose. We can ask those around us to tell us that larger purpose. One final story from author Rachel Naomi Remen. The story is a bit dated, but it is still very relevant. She writes, when the Concorde jet began to fly between the United States and Europe, I heard someone laugh over here, right? Like the Concorde's not flying anymore, so this is, tells you it's a little bit dated. But so just imagine, when the Concorde jet first began to fly between the United States and Europe, it was the focus of a great deal of media attention. This plane went 1,350 miles an hour. You could cross the Atlantic in less than four hours. On one of those early flights, the story goes, as Remen tells it, one of the media was invited into the cockpit. And this person from the media was surprised to see that human beings didn't actually keep the plane on course. 
There were two computers that fed reading, course readings and corrections back and forth to each other, clicking and buzzing and adjusting all the time, like talking to each other. Turning to the tour guide, this media person said, what percentage of the time is the plane off course? About 99% of the time, <laughs> the tour guide replied. And we will land in Paris at 9.03 p.m., said the journalist. Yes, sir, plus or minus 60 seconds. Rachel Naomi Remen goes on to say, I have no idea whether or not this story is true, but it certainly raises an interesting thought. If you think about this plane, tiny, minute course corrections all the time, off course 99% of the time, but readjusting to land within 60 seconds at its destination. Rachel Naomi Remen says, might it be possible to focus on the purpose we wish to serve in the same way that the Concorde focused on its destination and then navigate a trajectory in just the same way? Little course corrections all the way there. She goes on to say, serving anything worthwhile is a commitment to a direction over time and may require us to relinquish many moment-to-moment -moment attachments, to let go of pride, approval, recognition, or even success. And this is true, I would say, whether we are parents or educators or researchers or artists or congregants or organizers or anything else, serving anything worthwhile is a commitment to a direction over time. And what I know, what we know, is that we long for deep purpose and meaning, for a direction to follow, for a cathedral to build. And so church, our collective stone cutter moment is upon us. For the past two years, church members and staff and board leaders have been gathering information about the church building, understanding the scope of the deferred maintenance, looking at what could happen if we retired the mortgage, seeing what dreams were left over from the campaign in 2001, and dreaming about how this building might better serve our mission and ministry. At our annual meeting today, we will vote to borrow money from the church's legacy fund to cover the startup costs of a comprehensive stewardship campaign, which will begin with a readiness assessment this fall. Though we've been in this building for 20 years and much good work has been done here, it is time to truly make this facility better facilitate our mission and ministry. We are on the edge of building the cathedral, the lighthouse of hope for our generation and the next. We know where we're going, and we know that love is guiding us on this journey. And I can't think, I can't think of a better group of stonecutters that I would rather be on this journey with than all of you. Amen, and blessed be.